Welcome to Moving Out of Trauma, a podcast made to support trauma survivors with actionable steps and resources so they can start moving out of trauma and into the life that they're craving. I'm the host, Candice Lederger, EMDR therapist, yoga teacher, first-time mom, and dog enthusiast. I am here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I am so excited about today's episode. But before we dive into today's episode of Moving Out of Trauma, I want to give you a few reminders. The first is that if you want to start practicing more mindfulness and incorporate more grounding skills in your daily life, but you've had some trouble getting started because of past trauma, I want to offer you a free trauma-informed beginner's guide to mindfulness workbook. I created this workbook with trauma in mind. You can get this free workbook as well as monthly updates about new content by heading over to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter there and you will get this free workbook directly to your inbox that you can download as many times as you like and get updates when I update it as well. Again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast. And a second reminder I want to give is at the end of this recording and the end of every episode for that matter, we will be giving you two resources that we often use in EMDR therapy, which are the container exercise as well as the state change place. So these exercises are visualization exercises that can help you transition from maybe a state of thinking about past trauma, awareness, learning something new into a more calm, more centered way of being so you can go on throughout your day. I hope these resources help and I would love to know your thoughts. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Today, the guest is going to be me. I'm doing a solo episode today to talk a little bit about boxes. And if you've listened to episodes in the past, you probably have heard me share this term of boxes and uh, my passion for people not being stuck in them. So I felt like it was time to have an episode to kind of explore and unpack, uh, no pun intended, (laughs) what exactly it means uh, to be stuck in this box or to be uh, put in this box or what this box even is. So today I want to explore that. And then as always, I'll give the normal uh, outline of the show so we can, um, you know, just talk about those different pieces that make this podcast what it is. For this part of the show uh, is based off of this wonderful quote that I read that says, knowing a person is like music. What attracts us to them is their melody. And as we get to know them, we learn their lyrics. And I really fell in love with this quote. So if anyone listening recognizes who said that quote or who wrote that quote, please share it with me because I would love to give that person credit for that beautiful quote. The first question that was kind of born out of this learning learning your lyrics section is why am I so passionate about this work? 
And really, I think that we will get into this as I talk about this topic today. Uh, But I feel like one of the reasons that I am so passionate about this work is that I love to, let's see, let me see how, I hate seeing people stuck in boxes (laughs) or within expectations created by, you know, any number of things and held back by boxes and feeling like they're not good enough. And I am so passionate and I love seeing people come home to who they are authentically are. And so I'm I'm passionate about this work because that's what I get to do. I get to help people process the past that keeps them stuck in these boxes and come home to who they really are. So that'll probably make more sense as the the show goes on and I I share more about boxes and and what in the world this topic is. How does my personality show up in the room with my clients? I think I've shared this in another episode, uh, but really and truly, I, uh, as appropriately, but I I do use a lot of humor and even sarcasm in my sessions, which is just part of who I am as a human being. Um, and so as I sit with another person, you know, oftentimes it'll come up as like, hmm, that's an interesting thing that we're observing. I wonder where that came from when we full and well know where it came from. It makes complete sense. Um, and really just to highlight again, oftentimes, you know, working with trauma, the trauma never started within that person. It always started somewhere else, right? Whether it was, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record in this episode, but whether it was cultural, societal, from our family, whatever thing this this thing was from, right? Wherever this expectation came from, this trauma came from, it, it didn't come within ourselves. It didn't, it was not born out of our own heart and our own uh, soul and the core of who we are. And so I use this humor and this sarcasm to kind of highlight, oh, hey, look, <laughs> this isn't your fault. This isn't something you chose. Um, and to also highlight that they're in the midst of their healing journey and they're actively choosing that by sitting there with me. So that's a little bit of how how that can show up. And what is the top thing I wish everyone knew about the world of EMDR therapy? Hmm. Again, trying to think of one that maybe I haven't shared on another episode. Um, I guess just that EMDR therapy in a nutshell is about helping you digest information and events that you couldn't digest before because you were just trying to survive. So when we are going into, um, when we're experiencing a traumatic event, again, big or small, doesn't matter, even if it's not life or death, um, when we are experiencing that our body perceives as traumatic, 
we go into survival mode and into this mode of just trying to make it to the next moment. I am just purely trying to stay alive, right? And so our brain doesn't really store the information in a in a, in a practical way um, because our, our brain is literally offline and our sole focus is just survival. And so when we come back online and when we are, um, you know, present, now we have all of this material sitting there, kind of like if we just eat a big meal, right? Our body has to digest this information, um, but because we went into this survival mode for our survival, our body kind of gets stuck in, you know, not being able to process it and not being able to let go of the bad stuff that we don't need and to keep the good stuff that we do need, um, kind of keeping with the digestion metaphor. And so EMDR, what it really does is it helps that person process those events so that way their body and their brain can digest them, can keep the good, keep the lessons, keep the wisdom, keep the knowledge, but it can get rid of the bad. It can get rid of the limiting negative beliefs, the um, oftentimes the, the different uh, mental health symptoms that come with those beliefs, right? So... In a nutshell, it's kind of like helping your body digest um, in the way that it it should have had it not actually gone through something traumatic and needed to just survive. So to start, I want to define this concept of what this box, this arbitrary box is. And this often is cultural, familial, societal pressures to fit into some kind of role or some kind of identity. It is taking our personal identity, our authentic, our truest self, all that we are, and squeezing it into what we perceive or what we have explicitly been told, what we should, with air quotes, be. So this can create a lot of chaos in a person's life uh, because as human beings, we'll go into this, we, uh, we are made to live in community, right? We, we've discussed this on different episodes, but we're so made to live intertwined with other people and Part of where we are now as a society is that we don't necessarily need other people to survive as in to obtain food or shelter or safety, Uh, but we do need people in community for the social dynamic, for the emotional pieces to feel seen and heard and understood. And we'll go into a little bit more of of how the body recognizes all those pieces in just a few minutes. But what I want to share is that 
what this can feel like and what, how this can show up oftentimes is this extreme guilt, extreme anxiety, uh, depression symptoms, even feeling hopeless uh, when we, again, perceive either it's um, something that's implicit, right, that it's not um, something that's explicitly stated, but it's something that kind of goes under the radar that it's still it's still an expectation. It's still there, but we're not being explicitly told it. So either something that we perceive that we've been told or something that's explicitly been told to us that this is who you should be or this is what you should be. And Oftentimes, despite all of our best efforts to squeeze ourselves into that identity, into that role, into this tiny little box that we have been given, we still find ourselves coming out the other side of that feeling like we still didn't measure up. And again, even though you tried and you tried and you tried to follow their specific formula of this is what it needs to look like. This is what you should act like. This is how you need to go forward, right? Even despite trying to follow the exact formula of what you should, air quotes, be, right? It's still not enough. And we start to take that message on of I'm not enough. And this is one of the most common messages I hear or beliefs that I hear people coming into therapy with is I am not enough. And it can come up in so many different forms just based off of our experiences and our personal biology and just so many factors of what builds us into the people that we are. But the message and the belief still is the same. It's I'm not enough the way I am. And that can be so damaging to a person, right? To fully and full-heartedly believe I am not enough just being me, just being me as my authentic self. I can't just be me. I have to be this thing. I have to squeeze myself into this box. This is what society expects me to be. This is what my culture expects me to be. This is what my family expects me to be. And again, we'll go into more examples and and what that can look like shortly here. But it can be so harmful and so damaging to our personal nervous system, our personal emotions, our everything, right? To hold this belief that I am not enough the way that I am to the people that are closest to me or to the society that sees me. And when we start to take that in and when we start to take that on as a form of an identity or a personal belief, we tend to try and fold into that box into all of the different areas of our life. So even if this expectation maybe came from your family, right? Even if this expectation was here, this is who you should be. This is who you are. This is who you need to be. This is the box that you are supposed to fit within, right? We often will take that box and 
take it with us as we go into the workforce or into school, uh, into relationships, into everything, really, right? Because this was the expectation of what I am supposed to be. And, of course, as a culture, as a society, that gets even bigger, right? Um, It's not quite as small scale as, like, our family handing us this box saying, this is who you are. Uh, But when the culture um, that we live within or our society that we live within says, this is what your expectation is, this is where you are living, (laughs) this is where you are supposed to stay, right, that again, we take that with us. We take that messaging with us and we take the feeling of I'm not good enough again with us. And then a lot of the times what happens is as we go into these different spaces, whether it's our work or our school or relationships or what have you, we'll often have this message be reinforced of I'm not good enough oh, this is how you want me to behave. This is how you expect me to be. This is what I should have said. This is how I should have thought, right? All of these things get reinforced within our nervous system as I didn't live up to the expectation. I am not good enough, right? So all in all, this can be really traumatizing. Personally being told that implicitly or explicitly that you have to be this thing, this is who you should be, and who you are is not good enough. Again, whether we're told that, uh, you know, actually and verbally, or whether it is a message we perceive is happening around us, it's hurtful, it's harmful. And we continue to try and strive to be that thing or do that thing to fit ourselves into that box. And when we're not able to or when we are shy of hitting the mark or maybe we miss the mark completely, it reinforces within us that we're not good enough. And even when we do fit the mark, when we do manage to squeeze ourselves into the itty-bitty tiny box, right, that's short-lived. And it doesn't feel authentic and true to who we are at our core. Now, from a body-centered approach, (laughs) if you want to look at this kind of more from a biological level, if you think about it from terms of experiencing stressful events, releases cortisol in our brains and our bodies. And an event or experience over and over again that says, this is your identity, this is who you are, this is your box. And then trying to fit ourselves, scrambling to fit into this box, maybe fighting against the box, um, maybe even just freezing and hoping that nobody notices that I don't fit into the box or people-pleasing, right? All of these things is a survival mechanism. So this, this stress, this activation happens in our body, in our nervous system when we say, when whoever hands us this box and says, this is who you are, this is who you need to strive to be, our body gets activated and we cope however we can, right? We go into those survival mechanisms. We fight, we flight, we freeze, we fawn. 
And this is actually kind of interesting in that our bodies don't know the difference between this fear of isolation, right? This fear of abandonment, of not being accepted, of not being loved, of not being enough, and the danger of isolation. So again, going back to that concept of maybe as a society, I don't need this person to physically survive. I will still live. But at one point, our bodies did need that. Our bodies did need community and to to be able to physically survive and physically be able to live to the next day. And so we take that with us, right? This threat of I'm going to be abandoned, I'm not good enough, feels just as activating, just as big as it might have years and years and years ago where I'm going to be alone could have meant life or death. And I say that to let that kind of sink in of our body responds to this concept of here's your box. Oh my God, I'm not enough. What do I need to do to be enough? I'm going to be abandoned. I'm not going to be loved. To I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm not going to be able to survive. And that's huge. And that's just within our body, right? And if that's not traumatizing, right? Um, So when we're not able to process these experiences, process these events, because these events are traumatizing, if not from a cognitive mental standpoint, if not from a conscious level, it is traumatizing to our body, to our nervous system, and to our subconscious, right? And so when we are not able to actively and adaptly store these experiences and say, no, actually, I am enough. I don't have to fit into that box to be enough, When we're not able to do this, when we're not able to process it, it's because we can be overwhelmed in that moment, right? Because it's it's pretty damn overwhelming. (laughs) And our body, again, is responding just out of survival in that moment. And so we continue to live in these different survival responses. They show up all over our lives in different patterns, in different places, different times that we're triggered. And to come full circle, again, when we are reminded by someone or something that says, hey, here's your box. Here's what you're supposed to fit into. This is what you're supposed to be. Our body reacts all over again in this cascade effect going into this fight, flight, fawn, freeze, survival mode of, oh my gosh, I'm not enough. I need to survive. And so why do I say all of this? Why do I bring any of this up? Why do I feel like this is an important concept? And what can we do with this information, right? So I often say uh, knowledge is power, right? As soon as we know that we're not alone, 
that we have the information that we need to be able to step out of this feeling, this place. Once we're able to recognize that, hey, that's a box that you're trying to put me in right there. That's something that I can choose not to step into. Because remember, these boxes can be handed down from generation to generation. Again, not within our own family, but within our culture, within our society, that they can just become these expectations that is just passed along the line. But the really cool thing is that we don't have to accept it. We don't have to take the box. And to be able to make that move, we have to be able to have the knowledge that, oh, hey, the recognition, this is a box. I don't have to take this. And so I kind of want to break down here just a few of the ways this can show up other than here's your box, (laughs) right? So um, I already kind of talked a little bit, but role identity, right? So um, this is any kind of role, any kind of identity, again, that we are handed either from our family, from our cultural, excuse me, from our culture, from our society, any of those expectations that, again, are placed on us, right? Now, this can oftentimes, I think, in its most... I guess, general form, um, show up as stereotypes. And this can be within our mental health status, our race, our gender, our sexuality, our economic status, our job, our uh, level in school, um, any of these ways that expectations and labels that have been placed on that person from, again, something or someone outside of that person. And so some really common examples that I've either personally encountered or I hear a lot about from clients um, as you, if you define yourself as a woman. So oftentimes um, some of the labels or the expectations or the boxes is, you know, you're too thin, you're too fat. You're too loud. You're too angry. You're too opinionated. You're, you know, whatever. You're too much. And these can often be these boxes that people try and fit themselves within and strive to, oh my gosh, I need to be this perfect size or this is how my temperament should be. I can't become angry Um, this is how I need to act out in public. This is how I'm allowed to act within my home. And really putting an outline or, you know, expectations. (laughs) I hate to keep using the word expectations, but to really put, um, you know, a rein in on who that person is when, Realistically, everybody is made differently. Every person is going to look differently. There is no one perfect body size or shape. There is no right way uh, to. Well, I, I'm, let me dial that back. 
there is, there might be a right way to express your anger, um, but there's not a right way to feel your emotion. Um, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to feel. Uh, you're allowed to cry. You're allowed to do all of the things, right? Um, and the reason that I I say I should back that up is that you know how you express it um, is important because obviously you can't uh, act out of anger or you know harm someone else in that anger. Um, and, you know, anger in and of of itself is not bad, right? So that's a separate soapbox. (laughs) Um, another example I see commonly is if you struggle with your mental health, if you have anxiety, if you have depression, if you have schizophrenia, if you have bipolar, right? Like if you have any of these different mental health struggles, right, that you are classified as crazy or imbalanced or not stable, any of these things that simply aren't true because these symptoms, these things that you're struggling with within your mental health probably also come from boxes and trauma, (laughs) which is outside of you and not within your control, not things that you could have controlled or said, no, I'm not going to choose that, right? Because again, we don't have a choice with trauma. We don't ever choose trauma. And like like I like to say on the show, we can choose our path towards healing. And so the last one that I do want to share here, because I know it came up in another episode, is even down to being a therapist, there were expectations in school and there were there was a special therapist box I was handed that said, this is how you're supposed to sit. This is how you're supposed to talk. This is how you're supposed to present yourself and show up as a therapist to be a therapist. And this is the way you do it. So that way you can be a good therapist, right? Uh, and over the course of my career, I have found that it's just not true <laughs> that I don't have to fit myself into this neat little therapist box that I can be my authentic self while also helping people heal, which is pretty damn cool. So again, I just kind of want to present this, this way of thinking of this, um, this definition of this box is the way that we see ourselves, our value, our beliefs about the world, about ourself, and everything else. <laughs> it all is intertwined with this identity, this box that we're presented with. And from there, again, knowledge is power that now we can start to shift it, that we don't have to choose the box. We don't have to choose to try and fit ourselves in the box, right? So that the way that we see ourselves, our value, our beliefs about the world and our place in it can start to shift. It can start to shift to be more accurate and authentic to, again, our true core of who we really are as people, 
not the box that we were handed, but our true and authentic souls. To choose to step out of that box and say, you know what? I'm not going to define myself by the expectations that you've laid out that I should, air quotes, (laughs) be. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to choose to let myself be defined by you. So the metaphor I kind of like to use with this is it's like having a ball of yarn in front of us. And this ball of yarn is all of our experiences of being handed a box, having that box reinforced, having that feeling of I'm not good enough be reinforced, having the expectations or the stereotypes or all of the things that have said, this is who you are, right? All of that stuff is the knots and the tangles and the yarn of the ball of yarn. Now, the yarn is still us, right? And as we start to untangle those beliefs, those negative influences, those things that we say, hey, you know what? No, I'm not going to accept this. I'm not going to step into this box. This is not who I am. You don't define me. As we start to do that, we start to unravel the knots in the yarn. We start to unravel the tangles. And slowly, this, what once was a little ball of yarn being tangled and compressed to fit into a nice and tidy box, now becomes a beautiful, long piece of yarn (laughs) that we now have the ability to create something with. We have the ability to move forward the way that we want. So, this is why I feel like boxes are really important. (laughs) The concept of boxes often make me very angry and frustrated because I don't think anybody should live their life feeling like they have to fit into a box, no matter where that box came from whether it came from family, friends, society, culture, jobs, (laughs) schooling, whatever it was they handed you this box, you don't have to live within it. You can be your true and authentic self. You can come home to that person. So I'm going to take a quick break from recording so I can take a sip of water and so I can also share some resources. to share with you a few resources. So if you are looking for ways to find more grounding and more mindfulness in your daily life and with real actionable steps, I've developed a workbook that will walk you through developing this skill. It comes from a trauma-informed lens. So if you've tried mindfulness before and you felt like it was more triggering than useful, you could have been actively dealing with a trauma response. So this workbook is designed for trauma survivors, and more than that, it gives you actionable steps and it's packed with information. So whether your schedule looks like a stay-at-home caregiver, whether you're someone who works a nine-to-five or something else entirely, there's something in this workbook for you. So you can head over to soulmission-emgrtherapy.com slash podcast. You can subscribe for our newsletter where you'll get reminders once a month about new content and an email with that free workbook. 
Again, that link is soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash podcast, and you can find that link in the show notes. If you are enjoying this episode, and I truly hope that you are, if you think that it might be useful for someone else, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or on podchaser.com, because that is the best way to get the word out about this podcast. And lastly, if you'd like to work with me and you live in either Arizona or Florida, I now have openings for EMDR intensive sessions. These are sessions that are longer than your standard 50-minute therapy session and can really help you reach a place of grounding and healing from past trauma quicker than the standard talk therapy session once per week. So if you'd like to find out more about this, I invite you to set up a free 15-minute consultation where we can chat about if this type of work is right for you. Uh, It is also a great accompaniment for if you are already working with a therapist and you're having a hard time breaking through some kind of block or trauma response or trauma trigger. You can go to soulmission-emdrtherapy.com slash contact, which will be in the show notes. All right, let's get back to today's episode. I am back with the second portion of the show. And in this part of the show, I like to talk about how providers are not robots. And this piece really came from the idea that a lot of the times when people first come to see me, uh, they are only seeing me within this one little tiny perspective, right? This only tiny little window. And that oftentimes that can kind of create a box within itself (laughs) of, you know, this person, you know, has it all together or, you know, whatever the case is. And that's just not true. No, no person, no provider is perfect. Everyone um, has moments of humanness, has struggled with their own stuff, right? And so this is where this part of the show was born out of. And so for my my example today, because I think that it's uh, really hmm, apropos to um, what I'm talking about, I am going to share something that, um, you know, every, every human, every person goes through stuff, right? We all know that. Uh, and even your therapists, even your doctors, even your you know, whoever has gone through stuff, right? It's unavoidable. And while a lot of my trauma didn't necessarily come from boxes per se, uh, I have had my own stuff that I've had to work through. And pretty recently, I've been going into EMDR therapy, surprised that I would (laughs) pick that type of therapy for myself. But, uh, you know, I'm not biased or anything. I decided to go into see an EMDR therapist and to work to unravel some of my own yarn, some of my own stuff, right? And I will share, it is a little fascinating as a EMDR therapist to be seeing an EMDR therapist because there's often times where I have to like remind myself, no, be in the moment, be in the moment, notice that, feel that, go with that, right? Versus, wow, that is fascinating that that was tied to this and this is over here. And, you know, it's it's very interesting um, to say the least to experience the process 
from the outside and then also in the inside. <laughs> so I share this to say that every human being goes through stuff, you know, big or small, that stuff adds up and impacts, you know, our nervous system, our belief system, our ability to regulate our thoughts and our feelings and our actions and all the stuff, right? And it's so important to take the time to process, to deal with it, to come to a place of balance and homeostasis, to be able to breathe and release the just the negative beliefs that you're holding on to. So I share that because I think it's so important and so valuable. And because I'm not perfect, I'm a human being too. So on to my trauma tip of the week. So because we are exploring this topic of boxes today, I want to share this specific trauma tip. Oh, take a moment and either get out your phone or get a notepad out or some way, shape, or form. Start writing down the different boxes that are present in your life. Again, this can come in so many forms and so many different uh, places of identity. But take some time and really notice what are the things that have been influencing or the expectations that you've been placing on yourself because other people, other things, other, um, again, society, culture, whatever, have been placing on you previously. So take some time to identify where your boxes are, right? Where do these, these boxes show up? And again, knowledge is power. So from there, start making a plan. What is one small way that I can choose to step out of this box this week? So for example, if, you know, part of, if one of your boxes may be um, struggling with mental health, right? And so if you have high anxiety, feeling on edge a lot of the time, feeling like you need to be perfect, feeling like, feeling overwhelmed, feeling frustrated, um, just having a lot of those different anxiety symptoms coming up. So if that's you, for example, maybe starting with this week, what is one way that I can practice embracing the fact that I'm not perfect and it's still okay. Or maybe even this week or today, let's even take it even smaller. Today, I am going to choose to notice at least one experience, one event, one moment in time where I didn't do something exactly perfect and it still ended up okay, right? That's a super small step <laughs> relating back to that box, right? 
And if maybe you don't notice or it's hard to keep that in mind, um, maybe setting a reminder, right? Uh, Setting reminders is a great thing. (laughs) I use it all the time. So maybe setting a reminder in your phone, um, you know, to go off every once an hour, you know, hey, notice, right? Notice when maybe you didn't do something perfect and everyone still was alive, right? And start looking for those moments. Start looking for those small steps to come out of that box, to start start stepping outside of the box because at some point, those small steps are going to turn into bigger steps. And pretty soon, you'll be completely outside of the box, standing next to it, saying, hey, here's these expectations that I once held myself up to. And here's who I truly am. And now we're going to burn the box to the ground. (laughs) All right. The last portion of the show is the final fast, sometimes funny questions. And again, this is just to hone in on my humanness and who I am as a person. And again, providers aren't robots. So um, where would I go if I could visit any place on earth? And today, hmm, you know, today I feel like I, trying to think location-wise, being in like a a snowy mountain, like a, a little cabin in a snowy mountain, maybe somewhere with a lot of mountainscape and just a beautiful, beautiful scenery, somewhere snowy, somewhere where I can just sit inside and enjoy, um, a cup of tea or hot chocolate or hot coffee, just be able to experience the beauty from being warm inside. Um, Right now, I am located in Phoenix, Arizona, and it is hot here in the middle of August. And yeah, it would be nice to to experience some snow, even though that's uh, not where I am. Should pineapple be on pizza? I've already shared this many, many times on many episodes here. Um, I love pineapple on pizza, especially with barbecue sauce and when the pizza is hot and the pineapple is cold. And that sounds like an excellent dinner. (laughs) What makes me inspired or motivated to do this work that I love? And I think this is probably one of the core pieces of that is helping people come out of those boxes and processing those events, those traumas, those things that impacted the feeling of, I have to be in this box. I have to live here. Because it's when I get to help someone uh, tap into their authentic self and really shift their perspective and their belief from I'm not enough to actually I am enough. The world around me is just broken. Um, or some variation of that is is really inspiring. What is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about me? I'm, I can't recall if I've shared this on here before, um, but something that 
people might be generally surprised to find out about me is that I I do love, I am an introvert and I do love spending time on my own. Um, and maybe this is where the yarn metaphor comes from. Uh, I have just started to learn how to crochet. And so that has been a, a nice little activity that I get to do. Um you know, throw on some music or some TV for some background noise. And I just do this little crochet project and, you know, it's, it's really nice and it's, um, it's good for my introvert self. What does a simple moment of pure joy look like for me? And I come back to this one. I think every episode that I've shared It is a moment where I am looking at my kiddo and he is smiling and laughing or looking at my partner and he is smiling and laughing and I'm just able to be there in that moment and enjoy the joy. It's a beautiful thing. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of Moving Out of Trauma. I definitely enjoyed unpacking this proverbial box with you today. And I really, truly hope that you have gained something from it that you can start, again, start burning those boxes to the ground, right? Start start stepping outside of them first before you burn them to the ground because you don't deserve to burn with them. But ways that you can start to live your most authentic life. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much for joining me today on Moving Out of Trauma. If you'd like today's episode and you think it might be useful for someone else, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform or on podchaser.com. And if you have any questions at all, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at soulmission underscore EMDR therapy or on Facebook at soulmission EMDR therapy. If you'd like, please stay tuned for the visualization exercises coming up next to transition to the next part of your day. And remember, you did not choose trauma and you can choose your path towards healing. This is moving out of trauma. So I just want to invite you to find a comfortable position and to make sure that you're doing this exercise somewhere uh, safe, somewhere where you feel um, that you can take a few moments for yourself um, and definitely not while you're driving. So we're going to start with the container activity and then move into the calm seat place. So it's good to have a secure place where you can store memories and issues and and things that may need still some work, Um, but also maybe you don't need to focus on them right at this point. So if you think about it almost like cleaning up the files on your desktop computer, so you can just feel a little bit less overwhelmed and focus a little bit more efficiently. The files are in a safe place and you can access them the next time that you need to. So to start creating this container, I'd like you to imagine some kind of container or storage system that can securely hold as much as you need it to for as long as you need it to until you're ready to work on it again. So this container can be something you imagine. 
It could be something that's real. We just want to make sure that this container has a lid or some type of secure closure. So that way there's a way to take things out only when you want to. Now it's important to note, we don't want to put people in containers, but we can put memories and feelings and any kind of situations. So take a moment and really think about what that container might look like. Notice how the container feels. Notice how it feels that it's there for you. Should you choose to use it or when you choose to use it. And now if you need to use that container, I want you to picture allowing whatever needs to go in there to take its place in there. This can happen slowly. This can happen quickly. However it needs to happen, it's okay. Just allow the pieces, the memories, the thoughts, the feelings, the situation, whatever it is, to just slowly take its place into that container. Now, once you feel like the things that need to be in the container are in there, I want you to close that container. Some people like to imagine that there's a lock there or some kind of secured closure beyond just a, a lid. So if you like, you can go ahead and lock that. And then just imagine it kind of taking its place back into wherever it needs to be. So this could be a place that you think of in your home. This could be an imaginary place, wherever it is. Just some place that we know that it's there when we need it. And now we're gonna transition to that calm state change place. So this is a really good activity to develop a couple of ways to feel more calm and secure without really needing to rely on something or someone external than us. So one way we can do this to create this type of place that you can visit internally whenever you want, kind of like having an instant mini vacation on demand. So see if you can think of a place where you might feel a sense of calm or a sense of well-being. You can imagine a place that's similar to one that you've experienced or heard about or read about. It's best not to use a specific memory with people, though, from your own history. So some people like to think of the beach or the woods, mountains, maybe someplace they feel cozy. So just notice this place. Notice what you hear. Notice what you smell. Look around, what do you see? What do you feel? Maybe either the temperature, the time of day, even down to how you feel in your body as you imagine yourself in this place. 
really just allowing yourself to soak up every single positive part of this place. The way it looks, the things that you hear, the things that you smell, the things that you might be able to touch, any textures or temperatures, and really encapsulating what you feel in your body as you're in this place, as long as it feels good and calm and a place of centeredness. Now knowing that this place is always available to you because it is within you. It's a place of your very own making place that you can return anytime you need, whether it's for quick deep breaths, returning to center, or maybe even winding down for the evening. This place is always here for you. this recording is going to finish but if you'd like to stay in this place a while longer you're certainly more than welcome to do so and I hope that you'll join me next time on moving out of trauma